as I started kind of hanging out with these guys at one of the local gyms here and lifting with them, that's whenever I realized, you know, these guys are kind of more serious about, hey, we want to be strong. You know, we're working out to be healthy. And looking back, I realized, you know, a lot of what I was doing was just trying to look good. And anytime I kind of had that moment of, well, this part doesn't look good. If I'm looking at myself in the mirror, my mindset would go back to going to, okay, well, I need to go hit the gym harder, or I need to eat more, or do this, or do that. And it was all about how I looked, which took me down some pretty bad paths mentally. Hey, everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. What's going on, Charlie? Neil, man, thanks for showing up today. Thanks for doing this for me. Uh, most people won't know this, but this is our take two attempt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Leave I, it at that. And, yeah, <laughs> and I'm glad to be here. You know, for those that don't know, you know, when I was a pastor, and I'd preach two sermons on a Sunday. I always got the feedback that the second sermon was better. So for everybody listening, they're about to get the better version. That's right. If you are listening, Neil and I tried this podcast last week and had some technical difficulties. But And if you know me well, you know that I, I'm not good with technology and I'm learning every day. I always tell people I'm a trainer. You know, There you go. Wi-Fi malfunctions. Even building a rig, oh. those are things that I prefer outsource. Man, if there's not a challenge, <laughs> is it really a good day? You know, but you hey, man, it. thanks for showing up today. Go ahead and give your intro. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely, absolutely glad to be here. So my name is Neil Krebs, uh, 34 years old, and we'll kind of start at the top and go down. Uh, believer, husband of 11 years now, make sure I get that right, and father of three boys, ages at this point in time, nine, seven, and six. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy household we got going Three on. Three boys. Yes, sir. I told you, man. We know that household very well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So a little bit more. Uh, entrepreneur. So I've done some businesses, currently own and operate a marketing company. And then on top of that, on the side, I coach at Brenham CrossFit. This, the, the gym that I train at and just enjoy. It's kind of my home gym over in Brenham. And then on top of that, autoimmune fighter, obstacle course racer, just all around fun loving guy, man. Fitness Love a good challenge. Enthusiast. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's a good word for That's it. That's awesome, man. Well, I, I definitely am excited for people to hear your story. I feel like you are such an inspiration. You're such a giving person. You're just a helper, a, you know, you're wearing the surf shirt from oh, BCS. Felt it was appropriate, man. And yeah, you, you know, you are, uh, you exude what I'm going to call is the qualities that we need to be around all the time to just, in, you know, lift ourselves up. And cool. so um, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you a lot more than you maybe even know. But so, Neil, let's start with kind of a little bit about, you know, your fitness journey. And I know you're big into these races and the Spartan races mm -hmm. and everything like that. But like, where did this start? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my fitness journey hasn't always been about actually being fit, right? There's been times in the past, uh, say college, which right after high school, in high school, I was literally 
like 4'11 going into high school, maybe weighed 115 pounds. It and was where just, are you today, just to kind of put that in perspective? So I'm at about 170 to 175. I kind of float in, in between there, depending on how much water I drank that day, uh-huh. right? And so in high school, I was a small guy, you know, and didn't really like being a small guy. So as soon as I graduated and went off to college, I had this notion of like, I'm going to be the big guy now. Like I want to get big. I want to have big muscles. I want to look good and all this stuff. What led that? Like what led you to feeling that way? Did somebody inspire you? Did you read a magazine? Did you watch a movie? Oh no, it was just, it was literally just me being sick of being small. Got it. You know, um, I wasn't strong. You know, if I had to admit it, I was afraid of like, Oh, if I ever got into a fight, you know, I'm going to just going to get laid out right yeah uh didn't even play football in high school because i was terrified of hitting the gridiron and just getting like annihilated right Mm. by some guy that had 100 pounds on me you know just leave me a smear on the astroturf right and so when i hit college i was like you know what i'm gonna get big i'm gonna get strong i've got access to this this gym now on campus and so i started working out said okay well, now what do I do? Well, we've got these supplements. We can get into supplements, right? And so I said, okay, well, let's go down to the local supplement store. And I literally just had no plan. Just started grabbing stuff off the shelves. And to this day, I'm still looking back like, I don't know how I didn't have like a heart attack or something, taking pre-workouts and creatines and stuff with no, never even looked at the nutrition labels. Just knew, oh, this is going to make me big. Yeah. So even though... I was working out, which is considered a fitness activity. There was nothing healthy about it. Did you it. have anybody helping you? Anybody oh, no. coaching you, guiding you? At that time, uh, Facebook had just launched. So there wasn't all these like Instagram influencers and all of that. So Muscle and Fitness Magazine uh, was one of my go-tos. You know, you go, you get oh, the I, issue, I flip it, it out, yes. find a workout. It's like, yeah, I can do that. Even though I've never done half these movements, I'll just go try it, right? And so that was my way of coming up with workouts did it work i mean i got big i you know i got up to like mid 180s almost up to 190 at one point again being all these different supplements i don't know how much that was actual muscle mass you put on 50 pounds a lot yeah so a lot of weight within a few months and so wow but again you know i look back and i don't know how healthy that weight was because i was on all these mass gainers I was eating terribly. I would not say that my diet was anything close to healthy. You know, I'd go to Arby's and put down like three of their Arby's melts, a thing of cheese sticks and a sweet tea, you know, and then two hours later, I'm snacking again, just eating, eating, eating and not healthy stuff. But I was putting on the weight and I was bigger because my clothes were fitting tighter, which to me was like, all right, cool. What did that do for your confidence? Like what internally and self-esteem? Confidence level was boosted quite a bit. But again, it was all more of a prideful confidence. It wasn't a confidence of like, you know, hey, I can accomplish something. It was more of a, I look better than these other guys and I'm bigger and I can beat someone up if I need to. It was completely unhealthy in the beginning. Yeah. And so I went through college kind of with that same mindset of like, I want to be big, I want to be strong and I want to look better than the next guy. It wasn't until after college when I started working for HEB, actually here in the area, here in Bryan College Station, you know, I met up with a few guys that were kind of into the whole bodybuilding, uh, weightlifting, strength training, and I shifted more from a, I want to look good and be big to, I want to be strong. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily care, okay, how big I got. I just wanted to be strong. 
So that's where things started to kind of shift from an unhealthy mindset around my fitness and my goals to more of a, okay, let's set some goals. Let's Okay, so let's hang out here because sure. I feel like what you're what you're saying is there's a transition mm-hmm. in your fitness journey. And most people listening to this podcast are on a fitness journey. Yeah. Where you had a path that was what you're calling today unhealthy. Yeah. And now you're saying there was a shift in your your thinking yeah, that absolutely. led to a healthier way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so give me a little bit more depth and concrete yeah. examples of like what thoughts were going through your head in the, we'll call it like, okay. if, if you're looking at like phases, right? So like phase one fitness journey, mm-hmm. thought process, you know, phase two fitness journey thought process. Absolutely. So as I started kind of hanging out with these guys at one of the local gyms here and lifting with them, that's whenever I realized, you know, these guys are kind of more serious about, Hey, we want to be strong. You know, we're working out to be healthy. And looking back, I realized, you know, a lot of what I was doing was just trying to look good. And anytime I kind of had that moment of, well, this part doesn't look good. If I'm looking at myself in the mirror, my mindset would go back to going to, okay, well, I need to go hit the gym harder or I need to eat more or do this or do that. And it was all about how I looked, which took me down some pretty bad paths mentally. Because again, you know, you train something, it's like, oh, my arms look good now. Well, my chest doesn't look right. You know, and a lot of people use the, the phrase body dysmorphia, you know, where you start seeing yourself trying to achieve this perfection, which is nearly impossible for the average person to achieve but it becomes all looks based and kind of pride based. How much of that was birthed in this current time of your life? Or did you have any of that when you were younger? Didn't have it as so much when I was younger. So it was when you Uh, started putting like time and effort into exercise and fitness that you started feeling like some of this body dysmorphia was like, you know, like you said, mm -hmm. I'm training my arms. They look good, but I'm like, Oh now I just look my chest and it kind of deflates my my whole self confidence. Right. Because all that confidence was on how I looked. Right. And again, in everybody's fitness journey, we all we set goals. Right. But at the same time, if we're consistently comparing ourselves to other people or we're constantly saying, well, I don't look as good as this person does or I'm not as big as this guy is or I don't have the legs that she has or whoever's journey, whatever they're looking at. And especially in this world of social media, you know, it can be really easy to get caught in the comparison trap. Yep. And that's where I was caught. Now, again, we didn't have all the social media then that we do now. But I was still, as I'm flipping through Muscle and Fitness Magazine and, you know, Ronnie Coleman on there is selling some BSN products. Ronnie Coleman is looking, man, he's looking good. Well, I want those BSN supplements because I want to look like that, right? Yeah, so you're you're kind of saying too, like when you're not anchored in, we'll call it a healthy mm -hmm. perspective and purpose, then you also kind of become a little bit vulnerable Mm -hmm. and buying into, we'll be honest, the fitness lies, right? Like. Hey, take this and you'll get this. Hey, do yeah. this and you'll feel this way. In reality, we know that's not true, right? No. But when you're in an unhealthy mental state, mm-hmm. thought pattern, you're vulnerable to kind of some of the lies out there. Hey, do this in 21 days and you're going to lose 30 pounds. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And especially when you're not plugged into kind of a community, you know, when you don't have people around you that are calling you out on the lies that you're buying into, then it's easy to get sucked into that vortex of do this, do that, do this, do that by whatever media source is feeding you that. So how'd you go from what we'll call phase one to mm-hmm. phase two? How'd you shift? So phase one to phase two, I would say, you know, again, phase one was that, that prideful 
getting ripped and all that stuff that Gaining you hear. Weight, right, so right. You beat people up. Phase and- two was I, I just want to be strong. I want to be healthy, strong, and kind of to give you the backstory of why I began trying to build more strength. You know, there were times where I'd witness, you know, I don't know if you want to call it injustice or if you want to call it people just kind of being bullies, but I kind of got to a point where I would see some of this happening, especially, you know, working in retail, you'd see people kind of be mean to each other at the grocery store or even in my family. I saw not my family, but around my family and friends and stuff. I would see instances of somebody kind of being harsh towards someone else. Well, at that point, I wanted to be strong because I wanted to be able to stand up for someone who couldn't stand up for themselves. I know that sounds kind of yeah. hero complex-ish, but... No, it goes in line with kind of who I think you are, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and again, from a childhood, I always kind of had this knack for wanting to be a superhero, right? Like in first grade, when everybody's doing their career thing, I drew me with a cape on because that was what I wanted to be in first grade was a superhero. And so as my mindset, mindset shifted and I started realizing if I can build strength and I can be strong, then I can be strong for those who aren't strong themselves. That was phase two. That was phase and two. I, I want to highlight something and you know, I think phase one, it's all about mm-hmm. me. Yeah. It's all about you. It's all about me. Right. Yeah. And anytime you make your whole world about you, you, you really are not happy. I mean, as much as that's the, that that's what the, the media mm-hmm. and that's what the world is selling you yeah. is that, Hey, it's about you. It's about you. But in reality, in your fitness journey, if you make it all about you, but what you did in phase two is you made it about others. Right. Right. And I'm kind of summarizing your superhero yes. mentality because oh, in absolutely. reality, it's really a man. I want to get strong so that I can help other people mm-hmm. if they need it. And absolutely. I, and I, man, that to me is like something that I think, you know, is a great yeah. message. And that's why I'm kind of hanging out here for a second. Absolutely. Whether it be in your fitness or whether it be in your faith or whether mm-hmm. it be in your business or whether it be in, in parenting, it's like, man, the second we go from it's all about me mm-hmm. to it's all about others, it's like that becomes healthier. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And I'll give you kind of a, you know, an, a more in-depth story on that. So there was one particular guy that I knew, um, you know, there was a lady in his life that he didn't treat very well. And we were going to be around them towards the holiday season. And the guy was bigger than me, a lot bigger than me. Knew he had to weigh closer to 300 pounds. So <laughs> what was funny was as we're starting to do back squats in that, my mindset went to if I end up getting into a scuffle with this guy over how he's treating her and he kind of bears down on me, I want to be able to stand up underneath his weight kind of a weird thing to be thinking going to the squat rack, but I thought I have to be able to at least back squat his weight if I want to be able to stand up underneath him. And that was where I hit the highest PR I've ever hit in my life at 305 on a back squat. For me, that was, that was more than I had ever oh, even yeah. loaded on a bar. And again, the mental driving factor was not so much look at me, look at this PR, but I want to be able to lift this weight because I may have to lift it for someone else yeah. at some point and just kind of shifting that. And that really ends up playing into a lot of, like you said, the why of what we do, even when it's with faith and with our, our knowledge of who we are in Christ and that you got to know that because you're going to run into somebody one day that's going to know more about scripture than you do, yeah. you know, and be throwing arguments at you. You got to be prepared for that. And I know? think adding to that is there's a gradual progression in the development of a person in their fitness journey where you mm-hmm. probably are going to go through that first phase of it being all about you. 
You oh, know, yeah. even me thinking back to when I started, like, and there's going to be degrees of that that may that stay with you throughout your journey. But I think what what we're sharing, and I think what 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 I really want to highlight is there is a shift, mm-hmm. and and it actually becomes you become mentally healthier, right? Mm-hmm. Emotionally healthier. And ultimately it influences your fitness journey because it's your thoughts and the way you think about yourself yeah. that influence whether or not you continue doing this, that you're going to at some point realize, man, this is about other people. Yeah. I want to be a healthier me so I can be a better mom mm-hmm. or a dad, or I want to inspire others in their fitness journey. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I know you got into some racing and yeah. some, so give me kind of this next progression sure. and, and how you started becoming this like uh spartan race junkie <laughs> yeah absolutely so there's kind of a little bit of a a time lapse in between there but to give you the short version after leaving college station after leaving retail i started working for a landscape company which i was slinging bags of fertilizer and things like that so when we moved out of Bryan college station didn't go immediately back into working out because my job was my workout mm-hmm. right when you're lifting that many bags of fertilizer a day taking it unloading it spreading it and all that there wasn't a whole lot of other exercise that you wanted to do before yeah. or after that. But as that time came to a close and I started working as the youth director, youth pastor at a local church, we set up to go on a mission trip or not really a mission trip, but a mission project at a local camp that had been bought and they were turning it into a camp for special needs. So if anybody's ever heard of camp blessing, it's out towards independence, you know, right actually between college station and Brenham. Great place. But as they bought the camp, there was a lot of renovations to do. So we rounded up all the youth and said, hey, we're going to go out there for a week. And whatever they need us to do, we're going to do. Whether it's tearing down an old structure, whether it's building a fence, whether it's painting, we're just going to go out there and help. Yeah. As we got into that week, uh, sorry, I guess let me back up just a little bit. A little before that, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis and proctitis. So this kind of plays a major role into what happened that week. During my time of being diagnosed, I was struggling with gut issues, you know, um, just symptoms that literally in the middle of the day would just kind of almost incapacitate me to where I couldn't leave my office or I couldn't be so far from a restroom, um, would have gut pain, cramps and all of that. And it would come and go, but it was always there. Well, as we're out working on this camp, I begin to notice that the more I'm moving, the more I'm doing the less symptoms I'm feeling. And so towards the end of the camp, I kind of have this thought of, okay, well, I'm sick and tired of dealing with this disease, this gut issue, this autoimmune disease. What do I need to do? If I'm, if moving is the cure or at least helps with symptoms and I need to be moving, you know, and my job was sitting at a desk and I hadn't gotten back into the gym or anything at that point. And so I went home after that trip I sat down with my wife and I told her, I said, Hey, look, while we were there and I was doing physical activity, I noticed that my symptoms weren't as bad. And so we both immediately decided, okay, well you need to get back into the gym. You need to start working out again. And so I just joined, you know, the simple box, you know, that has all the machines and everything there in Brenham and started working out. And I noticed that my symptoms continued to decrease. And then with the help of some medications with doctors and things like that, I got to a point where everything was completely in remission. I wasn't feeling bad anymore. I was able to work out. I was able to do all this stuff again. It was almost kind of like I had a second chance at living a full life. Mm. There was one point where I was afraid I was going to have, you know, not ever be able to go out and run anymore because I couldn't be, 
you know, 20 yards from a restroom or anything like that. Uh, they were talking about removing about a third of my lower intestine at one point. So we're talking things got pretty bad. So mm. when things got better, I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to just work out just to work out now. Not only do I want to work out to help others, I want to work out for a purpose. Like I want to do something more than just coming to the gym five times a week. I want to set goals that are, you know, not just come in here and lift a certain amount of weight. That was the point where I started looking up something that I had had on my radar for a while, but had never gone and done because I didn't have anybody to do it with. And that was like the Tough Mudders, the Spartan races, the obstacle course racing. Had a buddy of mine say, hey, look, I'm, I'm running one of these. Let me, this let is, me before we go yeah. into that, I, I feel like as you shared that, you kind of matured to what I'm going to call a phase three. Okay. Yeah. And that's where you now saw fitness as beneficial to mm-hmm. you for more than how it can make you look. Absolutely. And, and, and for you, it had to do with what you describe as kind of this autoimmune disease. Yeah. Right. Um, and I remember you mentioned Stephanie's podcast. You really enjoyed yes. that because what she shared yes. was not too long ago. And I think that as we're kind of sharing your fitness journey and, and, you know, it's worth highlighting some of these gradual steps that you took because, you know, when someone realizes that, man, we do this not just to look better and not just to lose weight or in your case, gain weight, that there's a, a, a internal benefit absolutely far exceeds that of weight loss and looking better absolutely with your, you know, with your shirt yeah. off or, or in a bathing suit or sure. et cetera. So I think that's really worth highlighting. And ultimately that's kind of what got you back mm-hmm. into that full throttle, yeah. you know, desire. Like you said, man, I actually feel better. You, yeah. you weren't worried about how much you weighed. You weren't worried mm. about saving your neighbor. Right. You were just like, man, this makes a difference big time. Yeah. So I think that's worth highlighting. And then now oh, transition into th- this leading you into the tough sure. motor and the Spartan races. Absolutely. So as I'm working out one day and this is, uh, let's see, it was March, February, or March, 2018. I had a buddy of mine say, Hey, look, I'm going to do one of these Spartan races. It's actually just over in Chapel Hill, which is about 20 minutes away from us. You know, if you want to sign up for it, I know it's at the end of the sign up. So, you know, the price is stair step. So he's like, it's going to be, it's a little pricey at this point, but if you can swing it, I'd love for you to come run with me. It's like, absolutely. Sounds good, man. And so I go home, tell my wife about it. She's like, Hey, if you want that to be your birthday present, absolutely. Go ahead. So I sign up and I get a text from him two days before the race it says, Hey man, I'm so sorry. I got to cover a shift. I'm not going to make it. Who? Well, the whole reason I'd never done one of these is because I didn't have anybody to go with me. And now I found myself in the same boat of like, uh, I don't have anybody to go with, but I've just paid kind of an exorbitant amount to go run this race. I don't want it to go to waste. So I guess I'm just going to show up and see what happens. And it was so cool. I show up, I check in and I'm kind of walking around like, you know, I don't see anybody I recognize or anything like that. And I started talking to a few people near the start line as we're getting ready to go out. You know, one of them's a marathon runner. The other one's just a regular fitness enthusiast. And one of them who hadn't really worked out ever. Hmm. And they were like, Hey, come run with us. We're not planning on going fast. We just want to kind of go through it and have some fun. Sounds good guys. And I'll tell you, even though the course was about 3.4 miles, it took us about two and a half hours to go through it because we're taking our time. We're having fun with it. It was the best two and a half hours I've ever had. How long ago was this? 
years? This was 2018, spring of 2018. Awesome. Yeah, so not too long ago. Uh, but the course was so muddy, you know, and I look back at the pictures and literally we're just caked, right? There was a barbed wire crawl where we come out and you've got like half an inch of mud all over you. There was a pond right next to it. So we're going and we're jumping in the pond and washing off and keep going. And it was just such a blast. We get done and, you know, one of the the people we were running with, they had a family member on the sidelines taking pictures. He starts showing me pictures and I'm like, man. Like, not only did that feel cool, that looks cool. Like, wow. I can't wait to do this again. Well, so that was a Spartan sprint is what they call it. I went home that day and I told myself, I was like, I want to do this again. It's a two There's and a half so much- hour sprint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I, w- I will say I wasn't the slowest guy. I wasn't uh-huh. the slowest guy. But, but I'm just saying that in general, it's a long race, yeah, right? It's yeah. not short, but no. it's called a sprint. Yeah. So it's, it's called a shortest. It's their shortest distance. Yes. Minus their kids races, obviously. Yep. So they, they have a th- sprint. And I found this out when I got home. They have a sprint, a super, which is typically around six miles, and a beast, which is typically around 12 to 13 miles. Those are the three kind of main races that make up what they call their trifecta. So, of course, as soon as I got home and I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, I want to do fitness because I want to challenge myself. I don't want to just do it just to be healthy and all that. Now I want to kind of do something more. I want to push myself. Well, I ran the sprint and I did it just fine, even though we kind of did it slow. Now there's a super coming up in about three months and it was in Austin. So I said, I'm signing up for the super. Because I want to do this again and double the distance, I'm down. And so at that point, I realized not only do I just want to do it, I want to see how fast I can do it. So I start running, which I up to this point, I had never run more than two miles. And I didn't even run two miles in the sprint because we were walking some. So I start running and trying to train on being faster. I end up going to the, to the super and realized Oh my goodness. Like by the time I had trained and everything, I think I was top 5% in the people that were running the open wave. But one of the things that had happened in our sprint race, there was a rope climb. The rope got the better of me. I could not get up that rope to save my life. It was slippery with mud. I had no idea how to climb a rope. My hands were slipping off. And so as I'm training for the super and trying to get faster, I also realize I need to get better at obstacles. I need to be able to do obstacles better. I need to be able to overcome those challenges. And the rope climb was my main one to overcome. That's where I realized I'm not going to be able to train for a rope climb in a standard gym, right? I mean, I tried to do the whole like grab some towels and like throw it over the pull-up bar. Everybody's looking at me like, what is this Yahoo doing, right? and realized I'm not going to be able to train for this in a standard gym. So that's where I started looking at CrossFit, right? Because the CrossFit gyms in the area were the only places that I could go work out that had ropes to climb. Yeah. And so when I started looking at the gyms, and this may sound weird, but as I'm looking at the photos of gyms, I'm checking how high their ceilings are because I know that whoever has the highest ceiling Probably has the tallest rope climb. Wow. And so that's where I ended up checking out Brenham CrossFit and kind of meeting the people there. Not only did they have the tallest rope climb, but as I was meeting some of the people that run the gym, so Andy Adams and some of those guys, man, they were just good guys, good character. And I was like, you know, this is something I could be a part of. You know, so 
here I am listening to your story and, it, and mm-hmm. of course had no clue it would kind of do this, but I hear another phase, right? You, yep. you progress to the next phase. And what I'm going to say is the phase of competitive sport, mm-hmm. you know, in, in your fitness journey. And I would say this, like we just described phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. Yeah. Um, I think different people enter each of these phases in different orders. Mm-hmm. I do believe that sometimes if you get these backwards, it can actually be more challenging, yeah. right? To do it long term. But you you your journey is what it is. Yeah. And I and I feel like you entered this phase four where now it's like, okay, you went through the I'm gonna it's all about me, looking right. good, gaining weight for me, mm-hmm. for my looks, for this and that. Then you went through this like, man, I, I actually want to get healthier for other people, right? right. Whether it's to save them physically right. through, you know, distress or, or circumstance. And then you kind of gradually went to what we called phase three, where it was like, no, this actually helps me in more Help, ways body. than mm-hmm. just looking good and losing weight or gaining weight. Yeah. And now phase four, it's like, wow, like I want to get better at a rope climb mm-hmm. so I can go tackle that obstacle course. Yeah. You know, because that first one you did and for it to have caused you to do the penalties and mm-hmm. or my time. Now I want to be faster. Yep. And the same thing happens in a CrossFit gym, right? Like, absolutely. Man, I want to get better at this work, at this movement so that I can actually do a workout with it in it. Yeah. So, again, just another step, right? Oh, yeah. I'm calling them phases, but sure. it's just yeah, yeah. a step. Absolutely. And And the cool thing is, too, is you'll see here in just a second where you know, again, it kind of went, it wasn't necessarily about me and a prideful thing anymore, but it was a little bit about, I want to compete. And I want to highlight this. When I said some people get this backwards is, and I, and I know this from back in the days of CrossFit Mm -hmm. where everyone was a competitor, like now, and I think it still happens with local competitions, but back in, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, when it really was a thought for a lot of people to compete at the CrossFit games mm-hmm. with the open and the regionals. Yeah. People would enter this sport and within two months, they want to compete at the games <laughs> and they made all their training about that. Yeah. And so they went straight to what we'll call you went to at phase four. Yeah. When, it, when essentially what they did is they made phase four, phase one, right? Yeah. I want to get better at this yeah so that I can be this place on the leaderboard and so that I can, you know what I mean? So oh, absolutely. I think having you already gone through that mm-hmm. and gotten to phase four in the timeline you did, it was no longer a, a you know, sure the, the unhealthy self-absorbed right. Right. reason to get better at a rope climb. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so as I, as I began building that wanting to get faster, I wanted it. I wanted that leaderboard, right? Like I wanted to get first, second, third place, whether it was in the elite division or an age group or and whatever. Let me it explain like. one thing: when yeah. you're in the unhealthy mental state, if you don't get that, mm-hmm. you're distraught. Oh yeah, it's the same way. It's like yeah. if you are in that unhealthy mental state about weight loss and it doesn't happen, you're distraught. Mm-hmm. Like you almost give up entirely. Like Absolutely. it's like you're in your. It's the same thing that your mental state is more unhealthy when you're in that unhealthy state. Absolutely. And so through that year, I signed up for the super and I signed up for the beast, just the open waves. Wasn't going to compete in those yet because I had the mindset of like, I'm going to train this year and next year I'm going to compete, but I want to see how fast I can do them. So I made sure to sign up for the earliest wave I could. 
That way, obstacles weren't crowded as I'm going through the course, and I'm going to go as hard as I can, just to kind of see where I stand time-wise, right? And so I end up completing the super, completing the beast, both of them in like top 5% for the open wave, felt really good about myself. There was one last race, semi-locally, it was in Houston, Tough Mudder, and they had a competitive wave. Had some buddies of mine that were signing up for the competitive wave just because they wanted to be first on the course, had nothing to do with them wanting to compete. So I sign up with them and literally kind of last minute, I tell them, I say, hey, um, I know I was going to run with you guys, but I really want to see kind of where I stand because there were some guys there. I had done my research. You know, there was one guy that I saw that was on the leaderboard of every single race. His name was Victor Quesada. Well, I'm standing in line to check in, and I see him after, you know, kind of Instagram stalking him a little bit. I said, hey, you're Victor Quesada, right? He's like, yeah. So you're kind of the guy to beat, huh? He's like, oh, yeah, I guess so. You know, I do my best and, you know, real kind of humble, modest way. And so I'm like, I'm going after this guy. I want to see how far I can keep up with him. And I remember they did the whole mutter chant, right? And we go out. And I'm staying on his heels for about 150 yards. And then he just starts walking away from me. And my side stitch is already growing 200 yards in. And I'm breathing heavy. And it is like 40 degrees outside in the middle of November. And I stop and I start walking. And I literally think to myself, oh, my goodness. I've got so far to go before I am even semi-competitive in this. Wow. And it was kind of detrimental at that point. Uh, yeah, very much so. And so I ended up kind of taking a step back over the holiday season, you know, because they take a break during all the cold season and thought to myself, you know, I still want to do these. I still want to try and compete, but I'm not going to allow the lack of a podium to ruin my fun. Right. I don't want to go into this thinking, well, if I don't win, then I don't want to do this anymore. I didn't want to hit that mindset. And so over the course of 2019, I signed up for all competitive waves and the closest I ever got to a podium was in Savage Race, fourth place age group by about two minutes on a six mile course. Um, And it was one of those that looking back on my run, it was like, well, you know, I I probably could have ran harder at this point. I probably could have done this. I probably could have done that. I probably could have trained harder. And I kind of went into this mental state of like, you know, do I really want to be the guy that's training hard for a podium or do I want to be the guy that goes out to these things and has fun with some friends? And at that point, I really decided, you know what? I, I don't know that I necessarily have the elite discipline that you need to be a competitive athlete because these guys, this is what they do, oh, yeah. right? They don't, they don't have, you know, a ton of other jobs. Some of them have some other jobs in the fitness industry, but man, they're training daily to be on that leaderboard, to win the prize money, to pay for the next race. You know, that's their goal. I didn't know that I wanted to do that. And so at that point, I really realized, you know what, I'm going to do these things because I want to challenge myself. I want to see how best, how well I can do. And then from there, I want to inspire others to Mm. be able to go out and do this. And so to tackle the first goal of challenging myself, I'd already run the beast, right? Which is the 13 mile ish Mm. one. Well, there was another, the next step up was the ultra, which is 30 plus miles. And so I signed up for that thinking, ah, you know, I can do that. Right. Training for that ultra. I had never run more than 10 miles, even up to the day of the ultra. I had never run more than 10 miles. 
and went into it thinking, I'm just going to go out here and do my best. And over the course of those, I think it was 31 and a half miles after we measured it on Garmin watches and compared notes and everything. I remember crossing that finish line with a mindset of like, I just did that. Like there's, I I can't remember the statistic, but there's several people that sign up for the ultra and they go run it and they DNF. They do not finish because they just physically can't carry themselves across the 30 miles to the finish line. And I'll admit mile 24, 25, somewhere in there, I, I cried Mm. (laughs) like literally broke down on the course. There was a medical cart that ended up driving by and the thought went across my mind. You know, I could literally just wave them down, hop on the back and be done. My knees were locking up. My body was tired. You know, I'd been drenched wet, you know, and, but I didn't want to give up because I thought to myself, I'm like, what would that mean if I gave up? I've come so far. I am 25 miles into a 30 mile run or race, walk, whatever. Right. I've got five miles left. I can do this. Hmm. And it ended up pushing me into this mental state of just overcoming the own negative thoughts, overcoming all the things that said, you're not going to finish. Like you're, you're done, right? Let's keep going. One step after oh, the next, dude, one when, step after the man, next. When you hear that voice, yeah, the good voice, right? Mm-hmm. That says you just did it. Yeah. I tell people one of the benefits we get from exercise, you hear that voice every day. Yeah. I mean, every day you work out, that mm-hmm. voice says, good job. You yeah. did it. And when you don't work out, you miss out on hearing that voice. Because unfortunately, you hear the other voice. Yeah. Which is you can't. Yeah. And it, it definitely uh, sinks into your thought patterns, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think it affects your, your psychology and your head. Man, I love that. So what's next for you, right? Like huh. what is the next big challenge? Or are you just kind of going to just do these and yeah. that's kind of part of what you're so, doing? So in all honesty, my, my goal at this point, I, I'm never probably going to be an elite racer, right? Maybe age group at one point, you know, if I maintain the fitness level, obviously the, the field gets a little narrower whenever you get up into the higher age groups. Hmm. But at this point for me, it's all about inspiring other people to go and do right. Uh, whether it's recruiting them to an obstacle course race, whether it's inspiring them to start their fitness journey or even just to begin doing something beyond themselves, right? Like that's one of the reasons I loved volunteering at the classic and I was posting stories, you know, a lot of people look at it and they say, Oh, you know, he's just kind of saying, look at me, look at me. It's really not that it's more about look how much fun it is to serve, right? Look how much fun it is to come out and do something beyond yourself. Look how much fun it is to get moving and be a part of a community. I had several people after the first classic, when I helped out in 2020 say, dude, you should definitely compete. And I actually thought about it, but at the same time I was like, man, I had too much fun volunteering. Mm, Right. It's awesome. Um, And then again, in 2021 here, you know, everybody came away like, dude, you could totally do the classic. I know I could, but I wouldn't have near as much fun as I did volunteering. And so that's where my fitness is at this point. I'm not working out to try and compete. I'm working out so that if I need to help a family member move furniture, I'm strong enough to do it. I'm working out because if I need to have a better mood to lift somebody out of a bad day, I'm already there. I'm doing it to have the stamina to where if I need to go help some people with an event for two days straight, 
I got the stamina to do it. You know, it plays nicely into the last question, and this sure. is kind of how I close every podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think hearing kind of, we'll call it the phase one through four, or kind of, we'll just sure. call it your life, your journey in fitness. Um, the title of the podcast is Building Better People. Mm-hmm. And so that is kind of the the driving force behind Boom Fit, right? Mm-hmm. We believe that people that are walking in these doors, and, I, you know, Brandon CrossFit, same thing, you know, yeah. is that people are becoming better versions of themselves. Absolutely. So if you look at your story and you look mm-hmm. at your life and you look at kind of the day, first day you even open that muscle and fitness magazine and started yeah. pumping iron and taking supplements to where you are today. How's that been true for you? It, oh, wow. That's such a deep question. And I knew it was coming too. in all honesty, it's taking me from looking at fitness and all of those things and being less prideful, which is where I started. And it's forced me throughout my journey to begin looking outside myself. Where are the opportunities that I can use these gifts of strength, of stamina, and those things to begin helping others. I mean, God's obviously given me this ability for a reason. I don't want to miss out on that. And so through my fitness journey, I'm now more aware mentally, lifted spiritually, and my emotional well-being is better. You know, when those cortisol levels decrease and you begin to see the world through brighter eyes, and you begin to look for the opportunities around you to use that fitness, even if it's not just in a competition, man, opportunities all around us. And the beauty is, is that when you can help somebody through your fitness journey, not only have you helped them, but you very likely have inspired them to begin a journey themselves. Absolutely. Glad to be here, brother. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, We would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.